Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on3 and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gamblernet in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Right. Welcome back into another Auburn Live basketball show. I am Justin Hokinson. With me, as always, is Jay Head. What's up, Jay Head? How was your weekend? It was good, Hoke. It was good. Uh, obviously, I would have liked a, uh, a different outcome for the game on Saturday, but other than that, <laughs> got to spend some time with my family, do a few things that uh, I've been needing to get done around the house. So, overall, a good weekend, but interested to hear your thoughts about uh, the week that was Auburn basketball. Yeah, a lot to talk about. We'll get into that in just a moment. Before we do, quick shout-out to the sponsors of the show. First, Session Cocktail in downtown Auburn right there on Magnolia Avenue. Go check them out. Go say hey to them. Go visit them on happy hours, on the weekends, before dinner, after dinner. It's a great, great place to go get some cocktails um, and just hang out, man. Get you a lounge seat. Get you a bar seat. Sit on the couch. Relax. Um, go have a, a really good drink from some really good people. Um, and uh, Tell them we sent you, please. That would be awesome. Go say hey to Joe's, the general manager, or Hunter's the owner there. Go say hey to them and uh, tell them that uh, you heard about them from Auburn Live. Um, I mean, it's a great spot to go on. If you, if you live or, if you're in and around Auburn, go go on like a happy hour Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday or something at like 4:35. Um, generally, you can get in, have a drink. It's not crazy. It's a great spot. And then, of course, on the weekends or something before dinner. Um, or after dinner to pop down there or something like that. So it's a really good spot. So we appreciate their their partnership with uh, with Auburn Live. Co. Go check them out. Great place to get last-minute tickets and concert tickets and comedy shows and all that good stuff. Um, use the promo code War Eagle Gets you 20% off on your first purchase. They also do um, a deal where if you find tickets on game time and you go somewhere else and they're cheaper, they'll refund you the gap the difference in that money plus a little bit. Um, so they really they really make it really fair. So go check them out, gametime.co, especially this week, a couple of home games for Auburn basketball. If you're thinking about last minute, 7.30 against South Carolina. I think the game against Kentucky is at 5 p.m., so you got some time to get down to Auburn. Um, so go check them out for some last-minute tickets for Auburn basketball games from here on out. Got a, got a handful of home games left, so go check out gametime.co. All right, Jay Head. Um, Let's talk about the week that was. Um, I was thinking about it on Sunday. I was thinking about the, the the Charles Dickens book. It was the best of times and the worst of times. That was this week. Uh, that was last week. Um, all-time high, not all-time high, not all-time high, uh, a, an ultra high, um, beating Alabama, your rival, a game Auburn had to win. The team that's, beat, that's leading the conference, you beat them by 18, you run them out of the gym in the second half. 
and then you come back on Saturday, you go to Florida, and every bit as good as you looked against Alabama, that's how bad you looked. Um, that's how bad Auburn looked in Gainesville, down by 16 at half, down by 29 at one point in the second half. Fought back to make it 16, but I think we all know at that point Florida's energy and execution and stuff was not, you know, at, at an all-time high. And Auburn, give them credit for, for fighting, right? You could have been – think about the way Auburn-Arkansas went at the beginning of the year. You could have done – you could have done that and just let it get worse and worse and worse. So you, you hung in there and you fought back to make it 16, which, which matters in some of those computer polls, but pretty, pretty bad showing. So Auburn goes one and one on the week, splits a pair of quad one games. I think they won the more important game. I don't think I'm, I feel like everybody would agree with that. They won the more important game there. Um, they sit now a game back in the SEC standings. Alabama, South Carolina are nine and two. Auburn's eight and three. Tennessee is seven and three. And then you got, A&M six and four, Florida six and four, Kentucky six and four, Ole Miss five and five, Mississippi State five and six. Like all those are good teams. So it's just a, it, I mean Auburn could still win this thing, but if they, you know, if they have a couple of flops, they could win. They could win the league, but they're also a couple of flops or a couple of letdown games from finishing like eighth in the league. I mean that's how, that's how competitive it is. Um, so what were your thoughts on? Um, Alabama, Florida, Auburn's 19 and four overall. Computer polls, you know, they're they're still top 10 in all the computer rankings. The AP poll came out; they dropped one spot. They went from 12 to 13. Not a lot of change there. Um, so, kind of, what were your thoughts thinking back about Alabama win on Wednesday and the Florida loss on Saturday? I think you kind of coined it perfectly. And and realistically, it is the same trend uh, in the SEC. Teams are playing well at home, not so well on the road. Contingent on the team you're matched up against. And <clears throat> you're right. Alabama is the game we 100% had to have. That is your rival. You're on a three-game losing streak. This is your backyard. You went out. You executed. You did all the things you had to do. And it was a game of runs in the first half, uh, ending with that 14-1 run or 15-1 run that we went on that was capitalized by that windmill dunk by Jalen Williams going into the half. Mm-hmm. And at that point, Auburn was just clicking on all cylinders. Now, the second half was kind of a little bit of a free throw fest. Uh, the rest kind of called things a little tighter, and they called it tighter on both sides. It wasn't one or the other. It was just, you know, we got a little handsy with their guards, and realistically, they were out of position down low on the block 90% of the time, it felt like, and as opposed to just allowing Auburn to get a shot up, they decided to foul instead and make Auburn earn it at the line. Auburn executed, did what it had to do, got a nice double-digit victory against your in-state rival, and you're at the high of all heights, right? People are, again, talking about Auburn in the same stratosphere with, you know, being a potential two-seed. You know, some of the best teams in college basketball. Fast forward to a place in Gainesville, and you and I talked about it pre-show, the last podcast, that we didn't love the matchup against Florida. Yeah. It... You know, I'm not going to make excuses. We did not play well in that game at all. Didn't deserve to win. I don't think the energy level was where it needed to be. You're coming off two emotional games against Ole Miss, playing a former teammate, Alan Flanagan, on the road in a crucial game that you needed in Oxford. Then you come home against Alabama. Florida, by comparison, loses a really tough game to Texas A&M. Has a whole week to stew on it gets their legs fresh, they're underneath them, and they played that game about as well as I think they possibly can play in the first half and then probably within the first 10 minutes of the second half. The thing started to wane there afterwards, and you talked about that. But Florida was clicking on all cylinders. Todd Golden had them ready to play. I thought their guard play was fantastic. And they had the bigs to match ours, and the athleticism of their bigs really kind of gave our guys problems down low. So – it was a combination of, I think, a bad matchup, not great energy, not good execution by the point guards, uh, by our point guards in, in Gainesville. And what's a, uh, a difficult venue for Auburn to play in? What is this, 16 straight now? 15. We, 15 straight now that we've lost. And, and you've got to think there's probably a mental component to that as well at this point that it started to kind of factor its way in somewhat. Uh, you hope that they get that remedied at some point, but this was not the game that it was going to happen. Now, does this affect my overall outlook of what this team is capable of? No. I had them predicted 13-5 and 
in the league before the season, I think they're still capable of 13-5, and five, if not even a game better than that. Um, it's hard for me to predict for us to win all the way out the rest of the way through. But this team still has everything in front of it. Multiple quad one way, excuse me, multiple quad one win games left to go. A very big week against South Carolina, which is a quad two win, I think, for us right now, just because the computer polls haven't necessarily caught up with where I think South Carolina really is as a basketball program right now. I, I think they're better than some of the metrics say. And then a really tough Kentucky team. So how do we rebound? Can you get two big emotional wins this week, uh, which is going to be tough? I mean, playing on that level of a high that you're going to have to have against South Carolina to be good, coming off an ugly loss, and then turn back around and play a really talented yet flawed team in Kentucky, that's a, that's a tough road stretch. But if you get these two Ws this weekend, or even a one-and-one, one, you're feeling good about your shot going down the stretch because your schedule outside of a road trip to Knoxville is not what it has been to this point. I think it becomes more manageable once you get beyond that Tennessee game. Yeah, you got four four games at home, three on the road in the last in the last seven games. You know, I don't know. I felt like last week was sort of a microcosm of the, of the team. And I wrote about this on Sunday morning, thinking more about these road games. And and I do think that the, the narrative of Auburn doesn't play well on the road is a false narrative. Okay. Agreed. Um, that isn't true. In the last six or seven seasons, Auburn's one of the top three teams in the league on the road. Even this year, they're three and four on the road. They just they just beat Ole Miss, who is a good team, and as Ole Miss is sitting here, uh, four, five, six, seven, eighth in the league, five and five. Um, Ole Miss is a good basketball team, and you beat them by fourteen on the road in a crazy environment on a Saturday night. Um. Alabama is winning the SEC. You went there and were one free throw away with 12 seconds left of sending that into overtime. Mississippi State, you played poorly. You still were right there with them, lost by six. So the narrative of not playing well on the road uh, isn't true. Now, Auburn's lost a lot of games on the road, big, big games. I think maybe you could make a case for, hey, in big games on the road, it's tough, but that's tough for everybody. I, I put a, a, a retweeted or reposted a stat over the weekend, and it was – Unranked this year, unranked teams hosting top ten teams are win. It's five hundred. They're winning one out. Like it's it's a it's a really incredible rate that top ten teams are going on the road to unranked teams and losing one out of every two. So, you know, winning on the road just in general is is becoming really hard in college basketball, certainly in the in the SEC. But I, I wrote about. I think part of the dynamic is Auburn is so good at home. Mm-hmm. They are so good. And, I mean, to the point of – I mean, Ole Miss, we just talked about Ole Miss, a pretty good basketball team. Auburn was beating them by 30 in Neville. LSU, they were beating them by almost 30 in Neville. Um, you know, you beat Alabama um, by by 18, and they're leading the conference. So Auburn is so good at home. They can look so energized and, and, and damn near unbeatable that I think when they go on the road, it's it's just a – it's a – it's just such as a, it's a big dynamic in terms of the energy level and the flow, specifically on offense. For the most part, Auburn's played well on defense on the road. They didn't play great against Florida on the road. Part of that is Florida played really well. Yeah. I think I think we'll I think we'll step back from the Florida game, and I think as the season goes on, you're going to look more at that loss and go, Florida's good. I mean, Florida is a. I mean, if you look at this league, Bam. I would. If you were just talking pure a built like roster makeup and talent, Auburn, Alabama, Tennessee, Kentucky's loaded with talent. They're just not clicking. If Florida is a top five, six team, I think in terms of like overall talent roster make. A and M probably is in there. They just haven't necessarily played it. But I think you look at Bama, Auburn, Tennessee, A and M, Florida, Kentucky. Like in terms of talent, Florida's good, man. They got really, really good guards, as you saw. Yes, some big men that can cause you problems. I, for whatever reason, they came in with four losses in the SEC. One of those is a two-point loss to Kentucky; they probably should have won. One of those is a one-point loss to A and M; they probably should have won. So that team could easily be eight and two. So I think the season will go on, and Florida's going to win like ten or eleven games in the league, and you're going to go, "Okay, Auburn didn't play great, but that is not a bad Florida team. That's a Florida team that should make the NCAA tournament." Um, but defensively they weren't great. But I think offensively it's just Auburn goes on the road, they can't shoot, and offensively the flow is just so different on the road than when it Neville. Fortunately the defense travels most of the time, and so they they are in these road games. Um, 
but it didn't happen at Florida. Florida kind of did whatever they wanted for 30 minutes and scored. They scored 81, and they didn't even hit a shot in the last nine and a half minutes. Like it, you know, it could have could have been close to 90. Um, so I think that's sort of the. There's just some dynamics at play that make you think when Auburn goes on the road and loses these games, they look so bad. But part of it, I, I really think, is because they look so good at home at Neville, and you're like, it's such a it's such a contrast. I do think the the fatigue was a factor. Anybody mm-hmm. anybody who says it wasn't isn't. I mean, it's just it just was. I mean, just practically using your brain, it was a factor. I mean, Auburn played, Florida didn't. Florida had a week off and then played a home game. Like Auburn played a game and traveled. I mean, it just it just was. It was a factor. And I kind of mentioned it. Look at the Bama game. They got down 14. They came back. They got down against nine uh, nine points to Ole Miss. They came back. Florida, they got down, never came back. Never even really approached a comeback. And I think the energy and stuff like that had something to do with it. So, I don't know. You come away one and one, splitting a couple of quad one games. I, you know, I'm not unhappy with that. You're not. You don't love losing by. You don't love getting blown out. But at the end of the day, you went one. You split a couple of quad one games. You won the home game. You lost on the road. Um, I don't know if they got exposed. You know, Florida. I don't know if the Florida loss exposed anything necessarily. I mean, Florida's got really good guards. You know that is Trey and Aiden are young, and there there's some things they do well. But when they go up against teams that have really good guards, it's going to be a disadvantage for Auburn. Um, you, you need Aiden to kind of get back to something. You don't need Aiden to score 15 a game, but he needs to get – he's feel like he's swung so far the other way. Like, come back to the middle somewhere. Uh, Jalen again, gosh, I, frustrating, man. I mean, there's just – there's no there's no defending of it. He, 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 did, he disappeared, and I think he was 3 for 10 or something against Florida after going for 26 against Bama. He was a world beater, and then he – and they just couldn't get anything to fall which is kind of Jalen Jalen's career. He'll have three great games and one bad game. Um, I, I don't know. I didn't necessarily see anything in his body. I just some shots weren't falling for him, especially around the basket. So I don't know. I don't know if Auburn got exposed or anything. I just think it just they kind of are what they are. They're going to be better than a lot of teams front line wise. They're not. They're going to be probably outmatched one through three most of the time. And as we always talk about with this team, it's 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 the sum of the parts. It's not. It's not an individual thing with this team. If they aren't collectively playing together, they won't win. So when you have nine assists, which is a season low, you're going to get that result. When you have 15 turnovers, second most in the second most this year, you know it's going to be tough. When you have 53% from the free throw line, second worst mark of the season. Um, so there's just some things they cannot they cannot do. And assist is like a is a big one. If they have nine assists and they're not and, and they're not moving the ball it's going to look bad on offense. So I don't know. I mean, we kind of know what they are. Um, and so I, I come away not necessarily discouraged or anything about what we saw on on Saturday. I think Florida's really good. Um, I think it was a little bit of a tired team that just didn't execute well. The interesting thing I thought that I would want to get your opinion on is Bruce said after the game, and I haven't heard him say this after the game at all, but he said after Florida – there were some things game plan wise that we didn't do that we were planning on doing um, on both ends of the floor, but specifically offensively. He said we the plan was to drive whatever, but then kick back out, play inside out. And he said the guys pretty much just drove and got their shot blocked or got in trouble down low and committed a turnover. And um, I thought that was interesting. It's kind of the first time all year I've heard him talk about like we didn't stick to the game plan. We just went out there and sort of ignored the game plan and played. Um, you know, sloppy basketball, and it, and it, it showed. And it's the first time I'd heard that all year, and you could see it. It was there was there was like, there was just almost no hope at times for Auburn, offensively or defensively. They had zero answers, which is the first time I've seen that happen all season. Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those typical games hope that you get sometimes when you play on the road. You're in a difficult environment. This is a team that has not. To this point, the road losses that you've had, you've been competitive in. And so mm-hmm. to get – when a team gets on you like that, you don't always react – you don't always react well. And I thought that this was Auburn being frustrated. So they started to kind of deviate away from what they've been successful with. They started playing a little bit of individual hero ball somewhat, trying to force the action some underneath. I felt like 
you're right, a couple different times, Janai was really trying to force it down there on the block when he would have been more advantageous to kind of kick it out, restart the offense, or play some inside-out basketball and trust the shooters. Same thing with Jalen. I think that he just kind of, in the first half, I felt like he wasn't aggressive at all. I, I felt like he was far too passive. And then in the second half, when he started to be a little bit more aggressive, the shot just wasn't falling necessarily the way that you would want it to in that kind of a matchup. But give Florida credit. I mean, again, they came out, played with energy. They played they played like they wanted this, but they, and that they knew they were capable. They played with some confidence, like they knew mm-hmm. they could win this game. I mean, I, I felt like Todd Golden just did a really great job of preparing his team. They were frustrated. By the way, that A&M game went, I mean, because I think they thought they deserved that one. I think they gave up maybe – maybe they had like a 10-point lead or something with five left and let A&M come back and win that game. So, yeah, you know, a team that's been a little bit inconsistent themselves, and they got right at home, and they took it out on Auburn. Uh, and this was the first time, like you said, that we didn't have the answers, and we played sloppy. We didn't play connected, didn't really share the ball all that well, and the point guard played, like you said – wasn't where it has been for the last couple of weeks. I mean, you look at the point guard play that Trey Donaldson gave you in Oxford and what he gave you against Alabama, uh, what they gave you against Vanderbilt, and then you turn around and see what you got in this game, and neither Trey nor Aiden were effective. And you're right about Aiden. I mean, look, he's not – he is a better player than what he's showing right now. There's no question to me what his ceiling is. I saw him against Baylor go off in that game. Yeah, right. Seems like forever ago, but yeah. yeah. Shoot it with confidence. I saw him in a really tough matchup against USC go against probably the number one player in his class, um, or at least that was the way it was the rankings come out of high school, going right at that guy for 15-plus points and six assists. So Aiden's capable of playing significantly better than he's playing right now. Now, I've always thought that he was going to be a little bit of a developmental player somewhat because he was transitioning from playing predominantly the two-guard spot in high school to being more of a featured ball handler and facilitator. I think he's got really good court vision uh, and outstanding handle. But when you're going against guys that are three, four-year vets in the SEC that really have seen a lot of high-level basketball, this is a different challenge for him than he's ever been up against. And so there's an acclimation period, and I I hope the fan base will kind of like temper some expectation for him. He will get right again. I'm sure he shoots it extremely well in practice. Like there's no way – Bruce is greenlighting him the way that he has to this point and giving him the freedom to create if he's not excelling in practice and if he's not trying to instill some confidence in a young man that he knows what he's capable of doing. So bear with it a little bit. Understand that this is a developmental part of the game for him. He's hitting a little bit of that freshman wall, and and what can he do? Can he come out of it? Is it going to take another year for him to kind of set his feet? You don't know just yet. But you get an opportunity at home against two really good Good quality teams. I think you match up well against South Carolina. Kentucky, I don't think you match up as well against, but they're not playing their best basketball either. They're not playing a connected brand of basketball. So can you be up for this challenge? And I think Bruce is going to tap into that this week of, look, you just played your absolute worst game of the season. There's no question. Outside of App State, I don't think you could have played much worse this year. I agree. It was, it was, it, it, in some stats, it was the worst. In some areas, it was the same. I mean, it, yeah. I think with App State, it's absolutely one of those two games is the worst game they played all year. And you saw the run you went on after App State. So you right. can rebound from a really tough, ugly loss and play some really good basketball. So people need to not get necessarily trapped or lost in the moment and realize that one game does not make a season. They're a, you know, a, a lot of opportunities for this team to get right. It starts this week against South Carolina, who's a good basketball team. Lamont Paris, give that guy credit. If he's not the SEC coach of the year, I don't know really who is. No, oh, yeah. I mean, but to take them from where they were last year to where they are right now, he's done a heck of a job. So give him credit. But I don't think South Carolina's as talented as Auburn. I don't think they're as good a basketball team when Auburn's playing in Neville for sure. But they can still lose this game if they come out there and let one, you know let the previous game beat them in this one. You can't. You got to flush this one and move on. Watch the tape, burn it, go out there and realize that you're a significantly better basketball team than what you just showed in Gainesville, and that you're capable of significantly more. Yeah, the South Carolina game, boy. Um, no, they're not as talented as Auburn, um, but man. 
They they you talk about a team that knows their identity. South Carolina yeah. does. Um, they they don't make a lot of mistakes. They're a bit, they're a long physical team, and they're probably uh probably the best defensive team Auburn's played so far. I mean, I I think I'm trying to think of of you know like A and M, sort of that bigger physical team. Um, Mississippi State has got some good defensive numbers, but some teams have lit up Mississippi State too. I, I don't know. I think South Carolina watching them and they have they have they have some some real size and, and, and ability. Probably the best um one on one defenders. Like they're gonna defend. If Auburn's gonna win, they're gonna they have got to get back to moving the basketball and running sets. They will not go out there and win one on one matchups against South Carolina. Uh you're not gonna go, all right, ten seconds, let's run it down. Trey makes something happen. KD makes something happen. Chad, Chad Baker. I mean at times maybe but if that becomes something that happens a lot, you're 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 not going to score many points. You you got to run stuff. You got to get back to causing a little havoc on defense. That was one of the one of the things that just faltered. The offense was so bad at Florida, but defensively, Auburn averages 14 blocks or steals combined per game. They had three at Florida. Mm-hmm. Two, I think, one block and two steals. Um, and they average almost seven per in you know blocks and steals both per game. And so. That went away. Give a lot of credit to Florida for running their stuff. So the Carolina game is going to be – man, Carolina's rolling. Um, Auburn comes in, you know, pride hurt a little bit. Um, but you come home and you got a chance to to right the ship. It's – I don't know which – I mean, they're both – I think they're both must wins. If you want to stay in the race to SEC-wise, Carolina's the bigger one because they're the team ahead of you. It's kind of like Alabama was the other day. You lose that game, you fall two games in the standings, but really it's three because they'd have the tiebreaker – with six left, it's over. You can't you can't even catch them probably, let alone Alabama or Tennessee. You're, you'd have to you have to be three games better than South Carolina in the next six. And that's just that's you know the way they're playing. That's highly highly unlikely right to happen. So um, you have to win that one, and really you got to beat Kentucky too. You have pretty much at this point out seven left. You have to win all your home games, which is four. Uh, go to Missouri at the end of the year. That's five. The real swing game, I think, for Auburn, Tennessee's going to be big because you only play them once, and if, if they hold the tiebreaker, that that could be tough too. That that could easily be a game that is an absolute must win, but the Georgia one could be sort of the swing game. Let's say you lose to Tennessee and you win the other four at home, steal the one at Missouri at the end of the year. Georgia's that one on the road that if you can go take um, and be and be six and one. In your last seven, that gives you four losses. You know, it's it's you can maybe try to get a share. Um, yeah. But the three this week have 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 got to happen. You're right, Kentucky. All the talent, but just like typical John Calipari fashion over the last however many years, that he's just not getting what he should be getting out of the team. And it's so weird. Like that team almost beat Kansas at the beginning of the year. Um, it went to Florida. Place Auburn just went and won. Um, but then now they're just sort of struggling. They lost three in a row at home for the first time in the history of Rupp Arena, um, which is which is pretty well. And it's defense is their issue. They can score. They can score. Oh, yeah. Def- de- defense is their is their problem. Um, as far as Auburn goes, I don't know, man. You know, I mean, Jan- we kind of know what Janai is. Like he he sort of got exposed a little bit. That's his that's his sort of kryptonite. Team, a guy that has got a team that's got a big or two that's his size, maybe an inch taller, that has the athletic ability. They don't have to be as even as overall skilled as Janai, but defensively they can. It's just going to cause him problems because Janai doesn't get a ton of lift off the ground, and so it's just you know he he, he relies on being kind of crafty and things like that. And so um, if you get a pretty good defender, it can be it can be tough. He still comes out with I think fourteen and six or something, so he kind of got his. Um, KD, you know, had a, had a couple of good games. He didn't shoot great numbers wise, but um, points and steals. He sort of he was the only one doing anything in the first half at Florida. Um, but yeah, big picture, look, Auburn didn't change in the computers. Their seating pretty much didn't change in terms of projections. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly—it's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, 
You're on that beach with your people, and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Um, all you're looking for in the regular season is you're, you know, you're looking to build a resume, which is accumulate as many quality wins as you can, which Auburn still needs to do. They've got a couple and they're, they haven't, you haven't gotten any big ones on the road other than Ole Miss. They're still, they need to beat South Carolina and Kentucky. Um, accumulate those wins to build your resume so that you're, you can get the best seating possible. Try to play your best basketball in March. Mm-hmm. Try to trend that way. Do those two things and then hope for a good matchup in the tournament. That's, that's all you can do. So right now you're looking at Auburn going, there's somewhere in that process. They need to go 2-0 and this week. They really do. They need to get two really good quality wins. Kentucky would be quad one. Carolina's right on the mark, but everybody will view that as a big win, and it would be a really impressive win. Get those two. Try to just keep refining kind of what you've got and hope that when you get to March you sort of got yourself figured out and you feel like you can play your best basketball. Um, and then try to get matchups. This Auburn team, they're, they're going to be a team that's going to depend on matchups in the NCAA tournament. There's not, there, maybe UConn is like the only team in basketball, probably, that might transcend a matchup. Like they might be built in a way that no matter who the, who they get, they can overcome it. Everybody else, it, it could, if you get a bad matchup on the wrong night, Purdue, whoever, could lose, and Auburn's no different. Uh, you know, last year, Auburn, you know, getting Iowa was a great matchup, right? Like, athletically, yeah. Auburn was way superior, and they just blitzed them. Houston was a bad matchup. That's a big, physical, lock-you-down team, and it caused Auburn all kinds of problems, as big, physical teams can do against Auburn. So it's going to be a mount matchups um, then. But until then, when these big games in front of you, South Carolina and Kentucky are monster games. Of course, Kentucky will be game day. will be here for um, for that one. But, yeah, I don't know. The, the only thing I'm curious about South Carolina is if there's any hangover. Yeah. Florida was such a bad loss. Kind of the first one where you come out, you could come home after Alabama or Mississippi State and go, man, we had that game. Or, like, we were we were right there. Florida's, Florida's humbling. You come home going, we, we were never getting that game. We got crushed. It's the first one this team's got to deal with and go, we just got humbled. Um, it's the first time all year they're coming away going, okay, we, I can't really say we were close, or I can't really say we were a player away, a player two away from, from winning that game. So curious if there's any kind of hangover from that, um, especially at the point guard position, Trey and Aiden. I think Trey's a pretty confident kid. Aiden's, Aiden's sort of still developing. He's the one that I'm, I'm probably most curious about. I just don't, I don't know. He's just lost, he's lost his confidence. I don't know. I don't know. It's not just shooting. It's it's everything. He just looks passive in it, even even in trying to set the offense up. He looks um, passive. I feel like he's a good enough ball handler that if they keep just attacking him, man, just attack right back. Go by him, and then and, and then attack. And maybe that's maybe he doesn't. Want, maybe he's trying to play within the system too much, and he's trying not to just okay go by and 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 play one on one or whatever, but like attack back a little bit and drive and then kick or or you know. Try to use that to your advantage, but you can't just continue to let these teams push you to half court, pressure you, and you just sit out there and dribble because you're trying to kind of set it up and make the good first pass. Um, I don't know. Maybe try to attack back a little bit, but I don't know what the answer with Aiden is. He's kind of the most curious player on this team right now in terms of if, if there's a guy or if there's something that could – a switch that could flip to get this Auburn team to another level – He's probably the biggest one. I don't know what else you could change about Auburn right now. Denver, I mean, Denver has his moments. Maybe, Den, maybe, maybe Denver got a little bit more involved, but Aiden's kind of the one that is talented enough to do something. And right now, he's just he's just struggling to sort of figure out how to get it going. Sure, because if he's giving you ten points a game, you know, three, four assists, no turnovers, 
realistically, you're sitting so much better at the point guard position and getting production that you're not getting right now. I think, and and you talked about this in general coming out of the Florida matchup, what you hope is that that kind of a game doesn't shake Auburn's confidence in what they're capable of being. You know, that they just say, okay, this is one game. We're moving forward from that. We know we're better than that. We did not play up to our capability. You hope it doesn't shape it as where they start to kind of let doubt creep in as far as what they're capable of. And we've seen Auburn get blown out, and they go one of two ways. Look at the Final Four team. They got absolutely run in Rupp. I mean, run by like 30 points in Rupp. And then they go on a streak where they win, I think, what is it, four out of the next five. They're playing their best basketball down the stretch. You go just completely and utterly white scorching hot in the SEC tournament. And guys are starting to really figure out their roles and what makes them the best basketball team they can be. I've seen other times where Auburn's got run like that, and it started a trend where playing down the stretch, you were playing more 500 basketball than you were, you know, and and just kind of struggling to get there than you were necessarily playing at your peak. So let's hope that it's the la- I mean, the former of the two, not the latter, um, and that this is just a kind of an aberration of, hey, man, we were tired. We didn't play well as a team. You know, we're going we're gonna to get right. We're going to get right against a tough South Carolina team. Who you're right, who's the best defensive ball club that they faced. Now, offensively, they don't scare me. They know who they are, and they play within themselves. They don't make mistakes. But they're not the kind of team that's going to just absolutely light you up either, not in my opinion. Like, I feel like Florida is more offensively talented than this South Carolina team. Um, yeah, yeah. And then with Aiden, you're right. It's what can we do to create confidence for him? Can he see a few shots go in, value the basketball, value possessions, but also, you know, do some things for himself to get himself going. Like attack, like you said, get into the lane, get fouled a couple times, go to the go to the charity stripe, put the ball in the basket, lay it up some. You know, make some of the plays that you were making at the beginning of the season and not just like you said kind of dominate the basketball out, out by, you know, the half-court line and then try to make a play re- a, a, a play late because yeah. you're so worried about orchestrating the offense or getting into the right – getting the right play call from Bruce. Just play ball. Just yeah. do what you have always done, which is be one of the best shooters and best offensive players on the court at any level that you've ever been on. Um, which is, I think, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I mean, it's just on your point. You talked about the Baylor game. I'm sitting here looking up stats on Aiden as you're, as we're talking and you know, that Baylor game, 19.6 assists out of the gate, game one. I'd argue that's his best game of the season. Game one. Is that because people have tape on him now? Is that because he just said it's game one, go, go, go be free. Is he, is he thinking too much now? But he had 19 and six, he even had three rebounds in that game. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's only, I mean, he's only reached three rebounds two other times this year, um, or three other times this year. Um, he's only hit six assists. He's hit that two other times, but that's his season high, and 19 points is um, his second most he scored this year. So, like, easily you can make the case that his, his best game of the season was right out of the gate against a really good Baylor team. Um, and maybe that was a style thing. I don't know, but they got to get him back to, to that. I mean, I'm looking at his assist numbers, and I think – the other thing with Aiden sort of looking at it is, you know, he had a nice run there at late non-conference against some not great competition. He had a run there against five assists, UNC Nashville, mm-hmm. six assists against USC. They're terrible. I don't know what happened to them. Four assists against Alabama State, five against Chattanooga, six against Penn. Like, he had a run right there of five assists a game. But in SEC play, it's different. It's changed. And and they've, they've defended him differently. They've, they've blitzed him more. And, um, you know, it's just his assists have come down a little bit. But the thing I look at, last two games, he has two total assists. Yeah. And no, now, now you could say, well, he doesn't have any turnovers, but he's only got six total points and just two total assists, one and one. I would rather – I want to see – having no turnovers is good, but if you only have one assist, then – you're not you're not doing everything I think Aiden's capable of. Aiden's the kind of player that I want to see you get three assists and a turnover, not one and zero. That just doesn't do a lot. 
And so I don't know, maybe he's maybe he's gotten sort of in this mode of taking care of the basketball and that's important. But I sure would love to him for him to be more aggressive and get back to if you're gonna blitz me, I'm gonna try to go by you, I'm gonna drive, and then I'm gonna dish have a nice pass, or I'll kick it back out and we can reset, or I'll I'll drive if you're gonna let me, I'll do a floater the way Trey did, the Alabama game. That he'd go by and okay, they're you're gonna you're gonna stay back on Janai. Well then I'm gonna run a, I'm gonna do a floater in the lane. Um and so Aiden should be doing the same thing. Attack, and if that big stays back on Janai because he didn't want to leave Janai, then drop, then boom, just do a little floater. But I think he's just lost some, he just lost some aggression in trying to kind of, he's playing too conservatively, and I think they need him to play more aggressively. They can overcome turnovers, Auburn can, they can't overcome conservative play and not moving the basketball and assist. They can't overcome that, um, and so he's kind of. He's sort of the X factor for this team. If you're like, what's one thing they can improve on? It's, it's, it's Aiden. If he ever flips it back on and can start hitting some shots again, whatever, Auburn takes a jump up. I don't know that there's any other thing they can do or a player on the team. I don't know there's anything else that can happen other than Aiden taking a step up that could, that could take Auburn to a, like make them a different team. Like, whoa, okay, whoa, timeout. This is a different team now. Aiden's doing that. Completely different team. We got to reevaluate who this team is. So man, I, I he's such a good kid and he works hard. And um I don't know, they just gotta figure out a way to get that out of him. I don't know. I mean I, yeah. I kinda thought benching not benching him. I thought putting Trey in was good. I thought Trey earned the starting spot and I think Trey's played well. So I don't I think that needed to happen for Trey. Like I wouldn't look back and go, Well, they shouldn't have put him off the bench. No, I think Trey earned that. I think Trey earned the opportunity to start and has played well. Aiden's just got to now adjust and come off the bench with that fire that Trey did. Come off the bench with that energy. Feed off Chad and KD off the bench and play like them and get your energy back up a little bit. Um, maybe a couple home games, big games, Carolina, Kentucky, a lot of hype. Maybe he'll sort of rise to the occasion and find um, find his game again a little bit this week. And that's what you hope for uh, because he's a kid that's certainly capable of it. I do think that Denver – continuing to expand his game somewhat is could also take you to another level. Yeah. Realistically, he's shooting the ball from three at about the same clip that he did uh, when he was at FIU, but his two-point percentage is down. And to me, if he can become a little bit more accurate uh, from two, then that's going to start to continue to you know increase his production. I think he went for 10 against Florida, and he was aggressive down the stretch. Like I, I liked what I saw from Denver. In the second half, I thought he was he went strong to the rim a couple different times. I thought he shot the ball with more confidence from deep. So continuing how you expand his game, but you're right. Those are the two to me. Like if you're going to get anything more out of this team, it's going to be that you got more production out of Aiden, that he's out of the funk, and that he's playing significantly better in his role, whatever that's going to be moving forward, and that Denver's starting to kind of take a step forward. But with him, you're right, him and KD – as long as one of them is playing well in that game, it feels like you're going to be okay there. <laughs> um, and it, I don't know that I've seen a game where they both played lights out to this point, like where you're taking one, you know, you're playing one over the other. Um, it, it feels like predominantly that, you know, one of those two is going off. But I would love to see a game where both of them are consistently at that 10 to 14 points and what that does for this team. Because if you're getting – 24 points from your two-guard spot, you're feeling really good about what you're getting from a guard production standpoint, especially with what you're getting out of the post. You're right that the athletic bigs give – they give our post guys problems. Uh, Jalen, sometimes it, he'll disappear. It, it is what it is with Janai. I just – I feel like there would be some pressure off of them if your guard plays – you know, if it's up a notch, those guys don't feel like they necessarily have to force the action down low. So, right. again, you're right. Those are the two to me. Can you get any more out of them? If you can, Auburn's capable of going on that 6-1 run. They're capable of going on a 7-0 run. At a minimum, like a 5-2 run, which is what I think is, if you're, like, trying to set the level of expectation, 13-5 and five in this league, think about how much better that is than a year ago where you went 10-8. and eight. I mean, that's a three-game swing in your favor, and you're probably a four or a five seed in the tournament yep. with, with a significantly better draw than what you had as a nine seed um, this time last year. So it's an improved team for sure. How improved? We're going to find out here this week. That's for certain. Yeah, you mentioned I was looking back. I mean, really, 
that Indiana game was was you know an athletic mismatch, but that's a game where Denver had 12 and Katie had 14. Um, there you go. And Aiden had 24, but Aiden also hit five threes that game, five of eight. Um, and so you saw, I mean, Janai didn't do anything that game. Janai had two points, and Auburn scored 104 on on Indiana, on a Power 5 team, on a neutral floor, because those guards, you know, went off. Aiden, Denver, KD went off. Toss in 10 more from Trey and 11 from – that was kind of one of the few games this year where – now Jalen had 24, but Janai 2, Chris Moore 2, Dylan 2. I mean, that was a game where your one through threes, like, went off um, for most of those points. And so it's one of the few games where that's happened. But, um, yeah, they got to figure out – the one thing – the only thing – talked about whether Auburn was exposed, and I and I don't know. We'll kind of see. The one thing Florida did that I, didn't, that I hadn't seen anybody else do yet was they – was really double-teaming Jalen and Janai. Um, they'd get the ball down low, and, I mean, you could see it. There was, there was guys running at Janai and Jalen and doubling them. Now – how many teams have three dudes who are six ten or seven feet the way Florida did? Not many, not many. Those, those they have three pretty 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 athletic guys. I don't know how many teams could do that, um, but it reminded me. It made me think of the way the the Jabari team switched late when teams just said, "All right, forget this. We're doubling Wendell on this pick and roll stuff. We're just going to go blitz him and make him get rid of the basketball and stop all this." He gets to pick and pick pick you apart and do whatever he wants. We're just going to completely blitz him. He's smaller. We're going to get make him get rid of the ball, and then Auburn's offense is going to be out of whack, which is what happened late in that year, and it changed. Auburn's offense completely changed and and, and uh, lost in the second round. If teams, if, if somebody comes out and goes, we're going to do the same thing Florida did. If they dump it to Janai, somebody's running over, and so be it. If that means we're doubling and we're whatever, we're rotating. Could it? Yeah, obviously when you double it leaves you vulnerable, but they're looking at it going, we can't sit here and let Janai and Jalen get the ball, post up, figure out how they're going to get their little left-hand shot up or get a pass. That They're good passers too. So let them make them get, get rid of the basketball again and then rely on KD shooting. KD shooting terrible from three, you know. Um, Aiden's playing really conservatively. Like I'd make those guys be, and that's the only thing I want to see if other teams sort of take from that Florida game is if we see some more double teams on Janai and Jalen down low, and how are they going to handle it? That's probably the one thing that I'm going, okay, hadn't seen that before. That caused Auburn a lot of problems. How are you going to adjust the next time you see it? I think that's fair. I think that's extremely fair, Justin, because you're right. That is the first time that we've seen. But, again, is that a Florida thing where they can do that with their athleticism to create those issues for us down low? Yeah. Because you're right. Other than I, Kentucky's got athletic bigs. I yeah. don't think they're nearly as physical uh, as Florida's bigs. A&M can obviously cause that issue for you, but you don't have them left on the schedule, not unless you catch them in the SEC tournament. Uh, Tennessee probably can can cause some things, can cause some issues for you mismatch-wise. And then South Carolina. So this week is the big week because that, I think yeah. these are the teams that can truly expose you in that way, and what do you get out of your guards? Did they do enough to make sure that, okay, you're, every time you double down on one of our bigs, you're paying for it because we're butter, right? We're a bucket right now, and you better move out here and expand and not try to necessarily double down and take those guys away. If they don't do that, it could be a long week. If they expand their role and step their game up, Auburn's got a shot at going 1-1, one 2-0, and one, and, oh, um, and really come out of this week with a lot of momentum. If you knock off South Carolina and Kentucky – that's a lot of momentum because you get a bye week, right? You get now you get your legs underneath you, and then you go on the road to Athens, which is another winnable game. Now you're talking about putting a three game stretch together before. Is that the Tennessee game? Right after Georgia. Yeah. Okay, so then you go to Knoxville, and you have an opportunity to be three and zero going into their house. I have no idea what their record is, but obviously that's another top twenty five matchup where you get the opportunity with all the cameras, all the lights on you. And it's a tournament resume builder game. I mean, I, these two and the Tennessee game, those are tournament resume building games. Like if you're going yeah. to get out of that four or five seed the way you're looked at right now, you got to win those. You know, if you're going to be a three, if you're going to be potentially a two, those are games you got to win down the stretch. 
Yeah, and 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 all Tennessee is is eleven and one at home with their one loss to South Carolina, um, who's sitting here at twenty one and three. Like so, that's you know that'll be just easy, be, right? <laughs> yeah, super. Yeah, three of the next four against ranked opponents, and you just played Bama, who was ranked. So whatever it was a uh, four out of six was ranked in Florida. I don't know. Florida's still not ranked. Whatever. I mean, Florida made a big jump in the Ken Palm. Um, Florida, though, Florida's got a chance to go on a run. They got, they host, uh, looks like they host LSU, then they go to Georgia, then they go to Bama, then they host Vanderbilt and host Missouri. Like, Florida could, Florida could, you know, if they keep playing like that, they could win four of their next five. Um, Easily. And then they get Alabama in, in Gainesville. I yeah, think they get, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, they go to Bama, and then they also host Alabama. Um, they've Florida's got South Carolina. Um, they go to South Carolina as well, and they play Florida twice. What'll be interesting down the stretch is Auburn. What Auburn's kind of going through right now is what Bama and Tennessee will sort of have to deal with at the very end. Like, so Auburn's just a kind of a couple of games ahead of those two in terms of of a gauntlet of teams where Bama, like Alabama, right now. They host Texas A&M. Of course, A&M's coming off of an impressive win. By the way, like it's just Auburn. You're, you're down about Auburn. How Auburn played at Florida. Tennessee turns around, and goes to A&M, a team that that beat Florida by one. Those are very comparable teams. Tennessee gets blitzed by whatever twenty. I mean, people think ten, Tennessee was just in the discussion as a one seed a week ago. Go on the road and get smoked by by twenty. It happens. Um, it's not ideal. It's not great. But you know. Take take survey of everything else going on, and 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 it, and it sort of changes your perspective about just getting locked into um, what Auburn does. But yeah, Bama's got A and M. They host Florida. Alabama's got a stretch. They host Florida. They go to Kentucky. They go to Ole Miss. They host Tennessee. They go to Florida, and then they host Arkansas at the end. But they've got. I mean, Bama's about to embark on a stretch there where they get Florida at home, Kentucky on the road. Ole Miss on the road, Tennessee at home, Florida on the road. Like that. So there's a couple – I mean, Alabama's got some games that they're going to have to win. Um, Tennessee kind of same thing. They've got Arkansas's, Arkansas and Vanderbilt are their next two. Golly. they got Arkansas, Vanderbilt. They go to Arkansas, Vanderbilt at home, Missouri on the road. That's probably three wins right there for Tennessee. Mm-hmm. They come home and host A&M, and then they host Auburn. So they're, they're going to be – they could easily be riding a four-game winning streak going into that Auburn game. But then they got Auburn. Then they go to Alabama, to South Carolina, and host Kentucky. That's Tennessee's last four games are hosting Auburn, going to Alabama, going to South Carolina, hosting Kentucky. Yeah, I mean, So I that's th- what I'm saying about the end, the very, very end of them in Alabama's schedule – there's absolutely like losses there, so Auburn just needs to keep winning. There, there, there will be a, a couple more losses. I'd say Auburn can afford one more. I don't think they can afford five. Five probably. Then you're hoping to, you're then you're hoping Bama loses three more times. I'm not sure that happens. I think four can get you there, uh, win it outright or a share. I think five probably is is too many, which means you're looking at you got to go six and one, which would be a hell of a close. An absolute hell of a close. But I do think that probably 13 and 5 gets you somewhere, you know, second, third in the SEC. I think 14 and 4, like you said, that could win the league. Yeah. You just talked about that schedule down the stretch for every team that's going to be in the race down the stretch. And the pace that certain teams are on right now, you're right. The schedule is going to get significantly harder. People are going to drop games, they're going to drop two, three games. Like that's just going to happen. And they're still good basketball teams. I, I think that's the confusion for certain people that, you know, you just don't realize, A, what other people's schedules are. You get so inundated with what your schedule is and yeah. where you are. And, you know, you're, you're comparing it and you're not necessarily looking at what the other schedule is. Two, I think we've talked about this before, but the football aspect of an Auburn fan base sometimes they get so wrapped into one loss and, and how they kind of see that by comparison to, you know what I mean, on an appropriate scale, what a basketball right, loss right. really is. And so I think there's there's some emotion with our fan base sometimes that not necessarily – like I'm not saying that they shouldn't be disappointed. They should be disappointed with the way we looked against Florida, no doubt. But, but don't, don't take, make broad – don't make broad, you know – 
assumptions and judgments off of a game. I think that's dangerous in basketball. That's what be mad about the game, but don't go, don't watch the first half against Ole Miss and go, see, this is why they'll never win another tournament game. You're like, okay, that's too far. Right. You, you went too far. Exactly. You, you you've gone beyond the scope of one game, and you're making it kind of a trend in the season that's not even where close to complete. Or yeah. I, mean, I mean, or that you're even taking into account. So that would be my only, you know, me advocating to the fan base, like, look, realize Florida was, it was what it was. It was a bad game for us. We did not play well. The energy was not where we needed to be. Again, it's arguably your worst looking loss of the season, maybe at state's worst. Like you said, it depends on what metric you're looking at for that game or what stat you're looking at. But that does not mean this team is not capable, again, of going on a run right here. You get two really big games at home. Auburn plays better at home. You get a bye week, then you go to Georgia, and then it's all about what do you do in Knoxville. Um, and then coming out of that one, win, lose, draw, whatever, how do you close the season? Because now you've got a game at Missouri, you're home against Georgia, you're home against Mississippi State. you got another chance to go on another three-game winning streak regardless of what you do in Knoxville. So – 14 and 4 is very much in the wheelhouse. 13 and 5 is definitely on the docket. And again, realize how much of an improved team this is from this time last year. That's not necessarily, I'm not telling people to settle, but you're still going to be a very competitive team as far as seeding is concerned in the tournament, even if it's a worst case 13 and 5. Yeah. No, I think, I think they're, I think they're, there's a lot of good things. Let's see what happens this week. Any thoughts on these games? I mean, I like, at home, you, you, you can't pick against Auburn at home the way they're playing. Um, but I don't know. Carolina's just one of those physical teams that, um, makes you, makes me a little, little nervous, but Auburn's got six in a row over them. Um, and, uh, at Neville, it's just a different, it's a different deal. The only thing about that game is just coming off such a bad loss. I'm just, I think Auburn needs a good first few minutes of that game. Carolina's going to come in with all the confidence in the world. You know they are. They've been playing with it all year. Auburn's got to refine that a little bit, uh, regroup there a little bit. Um, but I like I like Auburn's chances in these next couple of games. Um, all right, well, let's come back next week. Hopefully we're talking about another 2-0 week where everything's great again. Like one game can change, right? Isn't that crazy? Like Alabama, it's like, I mean, I'm on, I'm on X and everybody's talking trash to Alabama fans and they couldn't be happier. And then Saturday happens, and it's like the 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 sky is falling, and it's you know it's just uh it's not quite like that. I promise you, the coaches are like, I mean, list, Bruce told you, he told you, losses are coming, more are coming. Just it, just ride it out, look for some things, think about trying to play good in March, and we'll see what happens. Um, all right, game on Wednesday night is at 7:30 SEC Network. Game on Saturday is at five. I guess it's ESPN. Game day is going to be there. ESPN or ESPN two? I didn't see exactly what it is, but I've been assuming. I think um, ESPN. Got to be, yeah, because it's game day. Game day's there. If you want to go to game day, by the way, I think the gates are opening at seven seven thirty or something for the arena. So if you want to go, it starts at nine, but you can show up at like seven seven thirty in the morning if you want if you're around town and you want to go. So go check that out. Um, in the meantime, go to auburnlive.com. Subscribe one dollar for a month, as always. Um, so go check that out. Spring practice starts in 15 days. What? 15 days. I can't. I can't. I was going to say your life is about to change all Excellent. over again, Justin. <laughs> we just ended. We just we just we just hired a defensive line coach. Spring practice is starting again. Um, anyway, so we got that cranking up here in a couple weeks. So it's going to be a good time to join. Into basketball, a lot on the line. Spring football going to start, and so you'll get um, a few weeks of coverage of that for a buck, and then you can make your decision. So go hop on there at auburnlive.com um, and and uh, and all that good stuff. All right, let's get out of here, J-Head. Later, buddy. All right, see you all. Bye. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, Time to go dancing on America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets.
Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. 